Good morning. I'm Allie, and I'm one of the ministers here at Calvary, and we're so glad that you've joined us today for worship. It is the first Sunday of Advent, and such an exciting time as we wait and prepare together for the sacred celebration of Jesus' birth. And how lovely does our sanctuary look today? Beautiful. So a big thank you to all those who helped put this together because you all have so set the tone for worship this season. If you're a guest with us this morning, we want to welcome you especially, and we invite you to fill out a visitor card that's located in the pews in front of you. And that way we can follow up with you and just get to know you better. So you'll need a few things as we begin in worship this morning. You'll need a worship folder that looks like this, and also a hymnal. So if you haven't gotten one of those, your hymnal's in the pew, and then the worship folders are towards the back of the sanctuary. So before we begin in worship, we have a little bit of business to attend to, so I'm going to invite Josh Caballero up. Good morning. It is with my understanding that we are still actually in open business session from last time when uh, Joel did not close us out. So I hope everyone has been on good behavior the past two weeks. <clears throat> At this time, I am bringing forward the postponed motion from Coordinating Council and the Finance Team that Calvary adopt the Ministry Action Plan 2019 Ministry Action Plan for $618,216. Again, this is... Uh, a motion that has already, or a recommendation that has already been discussed, so we will have no discussion this morning as a part of that. So at this time, if you will, uh, I will call this to a vote. If you will vote in favor, indicating with a lifted right hand. All right. Any opposed with like sign? Great. David, you got that? Perfect. Uh, at this time, I will adjourn us out of uh, official business session. Thank you. So this Advent season, we will worship around the theme of Advent outside the box. And today, our specific theme is Be Still. So at Truett Seminary, every student has to be a part of a covenant group for a certain number of semesters, which is now less than what I had to do when I was there. So great for y'all, Truett students. Um, <laughs> As that group, we had to spend a certain number of semesters working on the practice of silence. And silence is probably one of my top five least favorite things in the entire world. I am an introvert, but often when I'm by myself, I like to listen to music, and I'm that kind of person who has the TV on as I do other things throughout the house. Um, so I'm really never silent or around silence. But in these semesters at Truett, I began seeing things anew because of these moments of complete and utter stillness. As a group, we began sitting silently for 30 seconds, then a minute, then three minutes, then five, and so on. And when we started this practice, I was appalled because I thought that as a group, our time could be spent so much better than sitting in silence. We could be out doing something productive, and didn't the people in charge at Truett know this? <laughs> Um, but I found after a year of this practice that I was able to be better and more present in so many different areas of my life because of my time being still. So this morning, as we reflect on what it means to be still, I'm going to ask us all to sit silently for 30 seconds. Close your eyes, settle, settle yourself, and be still.
and I'll close us with a word after the 30 seconds is up. And he shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Peace, be still, and know that I am God. Amen. Yeah.
family God has given me and for the church that I love for all eternity. Thank you for the adults who work with the kids and give us their time. Thank you for God giving us the ability to use our brains to the fullest and to accomplish whatever we put our minds to. We love you, Lord. Amen. Yeah, yeah. 
We're going to join together now in singing a song from our neighbors in Cameroon. Uh, let's sing the melody first and make sure we have that right, and then you can all join in on singing some parts or making up whatever you want to go along with this song. He came down that we might have hope. He came down that we might have hope. He came down that we might have hope. Hallelujah forevermore. Now your turn. He came down that we might have hope. He came down that we might have hope. He came down that we might have hope. Hallelujah forevermore. Now we can do better than that, okay? So everybody 100% in. One more time and then we'll put this all together. Here we go. Ready? Go. He came down that we may have hope. That's better. Keep going. He came down that we might have hope. He came down that we might have hope. Hallelujah forevermore. Now let's stand and put your whole belief into that. Okay, here we go. From the top. Hmm. One, two, three. He came down that we might have hope. He came down that we may have hope. He came down that we may have hope. Hallelujah forevermore. He came down that we might have peace. He came down that we may have peace. He came down that we may have peace. Hallelujah forevermore. He came down that we may have joy. He came down that we may have joy. He came down that we may have joy. Hallelujah forever. It's okay to move. He came down that we may have love. He came down that we may have love. He came down that we entire Christmas story is completely outside the box. It's a story filled with plot twists, surprises, and unexpected moments all along the way. After all, who would expect angels to appear to a ragtag team of shepherds herding their sheep through the fields one night to share the news about Jesus' birth? And who would ever imagine that a baby born in a feeding trough to a young mother would become the savior of the world? 
This year, instead of going about the Advent season with business as usual, each week we will consider how we might celebrate the coming birth of Jesus in newly imagined ways. How can we take the how can we take Advent and Christmas outside the box? This first week of Advent, we take a moment to be still. The psalmist writes, Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Be still and know that I am God. Mark tells us that Jesus one day rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Peace, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. What would it really look like for us to take time and be still this Advent season? Today, as we light the first candle of our Advent wreath, imagine Jesus saying these same words to you. In the midst of all the hustle and bustle of the season, Jesus is calling out to you, out to all of us, saying, Peace, be still. Be still and know that I am God. Let us pray. God, even when life is chaotic, and even when the wind and the waves are beating against us, you invite us to be still and know that you are God. You are our Emmanuel coming to be with us. Help us to find moments of stillness this Advent as we watch and wait and hope and pray for you to come. Amen. <laughs> like to invite all the children to come over on this side and join me for the children's message. 
Good morning. How are y'all doing? Well, I have a question. How many of you like waiting? Nope. <laughs> you know, I've heard it said that if someone lives to be 70 years old, that they spend three whole years of their life just waiting. That's a pretty long time, isn't it? What are some places or what are some times that we have to wait? Yep, when you're waiting in line to buy something at the store. What else? Yeah, you have, sometimes have to wait on parents. You have to wait when someone's going to the doctor. You have to wait during the season of Advent. That is very true. Also, when you, when you buy um, something that you really want on Amazon, you have to wait for like a while. When you buy something you really want on Amazon, you have to wait a while. <laughs> that is so true. <laughs> okay, one more. So when your parents say you can have three pieces of candy and you really want four, you have to wait for that next day for that next piece of candy. Is that what the Fulton family practices with their candy? <laughs> well, their book that I love and that you all probably love too by Dr. Seuss, it's called Oh, the Places You'll Go. Oh, yeah. And Dr. Seuss talks about the waiting place where everyone is just waiting. He says, waiting for a train to go, or a bus to come, or a plane to go, or the mail to come, or the rain to go, or the phone to ring, or the snow to snow, waiting around for a yes or a no, or waiting for their hair to grow, waiting for the fish to bite, or waiting for wind to fly a kite, or waiting around for a Friday night. Everyone is just waiting. You know, sometimes waiting kind of feels like a waste of time. Sometimes I get impatient. I want what I want when I want it, and I don't want to have to wait for that next piece of candy tomorrow. I want it right now. But what if, instead of complaining about waiting, we made the most of our time? And what if we even made waiting a special time? Because that is what the season of Advent is all about, like Katie has shared with us. The word Advent means to come. What's coming? Jesus' birth is coming, and so Advent is a special time of waiting for Jesus to be born. So one of the things that we do to make Advent a special time of waiting is what the youth just did for us. What did they do? They lit the very first candle of our Advent wreath, and every week we will light a new candle until finally on Christmas Eve we will light the white candle in the middle, the Christ candle. And so I want to encourage you all to pay attention during this special season of waiting. Pay attention to what new sounds you might hear or to what new things you see around us in the sanctuary that you don't normally see because you might just be surprised at how you see God while you wait. God, I thank you for these boys and girls. I thank you for their voices that are helping us to celebrate this season. O come, O come, Emmanuel. Amen. Are you, o Lord, my 
A reading from the book of Exodus. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, Tell the people of Israel to turn back. Have them camp near Pihiroth, between Migdal and the Red Sea. They must camp by the sea right across from Baal Zephon. Pharaoh will think, the Israelites are wandering around the land. They don't know which way to go. The desert is all around them. I will make Pharaoh stubborn. He will chase them. But I will gain glory for myself because of what will happen to Pharaoh and his whole army. And the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. So the Israelites camped by the Red Sea. The king of Egypt was told that the people had escaped. The Pharaoh and his officials changed their mind about them. They said, what have we done? We've let the people of Israel go. We've lost all of our slaves in the work they used to do for us. So he had his chariot made ready. He took his army with him. He took 600 of the best chariots in Egypt. He also took along all their other chariots. Officers were in charge of all of them. The Lord made Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, stubborn. So he chased the Israelites as they were marching out boldly. The Egyptians went after the Israelites. All Pharaoh's horses and chariots and horsemen and troops chased them. They were caught up with the Israelites as they camped by the sea. The Israelites were near Pihahirot, across from Baal Zephon. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked back. There were the Isra Egyptians marching after them. The Israelites were terrified. They cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Why did you bring us to the desert to die? Weren't there any graves in Egypt? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? We told you in Egypt, leave us alone. Let us serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die here in the desert. Moses answered the people. He said, Do not be afraid. Stand firm. You will see how the Lord will save you today. Do you see those Egyptians? You will never see them again. The Lord will fight for you. Just be still. A reading from the book of Psalms. God is our place of safety. God gives us strength. God is always there to help us in times of trouble. The earth may fall apart. The mountains may fall into the middle of the sea, but we will not be afraid. Waters of the sea may roar and foam. The mountains may shake when the waters rise, but we will not be afraid. God's blessings are like a river. They fill the city of God with joy. That, is, that city is the holy place where the most high God lives. Because God is there, the city will not fall. God will help it at the beginning of the day. Nations are in disorder. Kingdoms fall. God speaks and the people of the earth melt in fear. The Lord who rules over all is with us. The God of Jacob is like a fort to us. Come and see what the Lord has done. See the places God has destroyed on earth. God makes wars stop from one end of the earth to the other. God breaks every bow. God snaps every snail. God bear, burns every shield with fire. God says, be, be still, still and know that, that I am God. God. I, will I will be honored among the nations. nations. I will be honored in the God. earth. The Lord who rules over all is with us. The God of Jacob is like a fort to us. This is the word of God.
Lord, we sit this morning in the darkness of the beginning of the Advent season with one small glimmer of light coming from our wreath. And together we pray for and with those in our Calvary family who are yearning for and in need of your light this Advent season. We hold especially close Jennifer Grant as she prepares for her second surgery on Wednesday. We pray for her doctors, for wisdom and discernment, for the best decisions possible. God, we pray fervently this morning for a successful surgery, that her body will be strong and will respond well. We pray for Jonathan, Luke, and Libby as they care for her hope with her and walk alongside her. God, give Jennifer and her family unimaginable courage and abundant peace in each moment ahead of them. Come, Lord Jesus, our hope is in you. We remember Carol Boyle as she recovers from her knee replacement this week. We ask for strength and healing. We hold close Pat Sitton as she recovers from her hip fracture, that she would grow stronger day by day. We pray for David Norris as he prepares for surgery next week, and God, we pray for him to be in no more pain. We pray for Sarah Becker, preparing for a second knee surgery in two weeks, that you would give her courage to keep doing hard things, even when it's not fair. We pray for Megan and Ellie as they care for her in the weeks ahead. 
Come, Lord Jesus. Our hope is in you. We celebrate the gifts of new life in our family. We pray your blessing over Meryl Ruby Herridge and Finn St. Edmund Rose. We pray for Blake, Mallory, and Maxton, Tiffany, Chris, and Jude as they begin this new chapter this Advent season. We pray for rest and stillness even on sleepless nights and for strength and energy on long days. Come, Lord Jesus, our hope is in you. God, we remember those who are grieving, those for whom the holidays are sometimes difficult reminders of loss from the past year. And so we hold especially close Allie and Hank DeHay, Kathy Gore Chapel, Sherry and Jeff DeHay, Ruana Miller, Claudette Hensley, and so many others for whom this Christmas may be hard. God, bring them moments of comfort and joy this Advent season. Come, Lord Jesus, our hope is in you. And now we lift up those people and situations and needs that haven't been named but are here in this room with us or here outside of this place. Come, Lord Jesus, break into our darkness, our weariness, and let us not lose hope that you are coming soon. Oh God, our hope is in you all the day long. And so now, gracious God, may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of all of our hearts together in this place be found pleasing to you. O oh Lord, you are our rock and our redeemer, our Emmanuel. Amen. I said to my soul, be still and wait without hope. For hope would be hope for the wrong thing. Wait without love. For love would be love of the wrong thing. There is yet faith, but the faith and the love and the hope are all in the waiting. So the darkness shall be the light and the stillness the dancing. These words by T.S. Eliot seem to me to be the perfect way for us to begin this season of Advent, the time when we wait for the light of Christ to break into our world and into our lives. You see, I wonder if most years we find ourselves waiting for what we think we already know is going to happen. I wonder if we spend our time so sure of what we're hoping for like a child on Christmas Eve anxiously awaiting all the presents from their Christmas list that they hope will be under the tree the next morning. But it's something entirely different to wait without hope, 
as Eliot says, for our hope would be hope for the wrong thing. Or to wait without love, for our love would be love of the wrong thing. And yet I don't think Eliot is asking us to throw hope and faith and love out the window. Instead, perhaps what Eliot is calling us toward is not to have our hearts set and our minds made up already for what it is that we are hoping for. He is calling our limited imaginations to open themselves up to something so much bigger, something so much more outside the box than what we can possibly imagine or hope for on our own. And all of this begins, he says, with being still. I said to my soul, be still and wait. In our text for today in Exodus 14, which the girls read beautifully for us, thank you so much. The Israelites are in the middle of the wilderness, having just escaped slavery in the land of Egypt, and yet the instructions that they are given are to be still. Interestingly enough, they find themselves in a waiting space not unlike this season of Advent. They have finally left Pharaoh and his rule over them in Egypt, but now they are wandering through the wilderness, waiting on God to show up. But when Pharaoh looks out and sees them wandering aimlessly out there, he decides that he never should have let them go, so he commands his army of over 600 chariots to go chasing after the Israelites and to corner them by the Red Sea. Well, the Israelites begin to panic. They know what they have been hoping for, and this is not it. They say to Moses, is it because there were no graves in Egypt that you have just taken us to die in the wilderness instead? What have you done to us? It would have been better for us to be slaves in Egypt than to die in the wilderness. And in one of the most climactic moments in the book of Exodus, with Pharaoh's armies just moments away from attacking them on one side and the Red Sea keeping them landlocked on the other, Moses turns toward them and says this, Do not be afraid. Stand firm and see the deliverance that the Lord will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to keep still. Now before we go any further, I want to unpack what is meant by these words, to keep still. Because they do not necessarily mean to not move a muscle. After all, in the very next verse, you read that the Lord tells the Israelites to move forward. So the Hebrew word for keep still can't mean that they are supposed to get comfy for too long. Stillness here must have something beyond a purely physical nature. And so when I consulted some of Calvary's Hebrew scholars like Deirdre Fulton and Chad Eggleston, they shared that this word for stillness also implies 
silence. Eugene Peterson translates it to mean, keep your mouth shut. God is reminding the Israelites that they are not the ones calling the shots here. They need to quiet their voices. I would add that they need to quiet their souls and to trust in God to make a way forward even when that way seems completely impossible. Now, I'm guessing that most of us have not been stranded in the wilderness with Pharaoh's army chasing after us. But I know that we in this room have had more than our fair share of impossible moments in the wilderness. Moments when we don't even know what to hope for anymore because hope seems like such a distant thing. Moments when the diagnosis is not good and the conversation with the doctor is sobering and real. Moments when we are in the midst of such grief that we can't imagine a way forward. Moments when real-life struggles of mental illness keep us locked within ourselves, feeling as if we just can't do this anymore. Moments when family life and relationships and marriage are hard and messy and the pain is real. Moments when we have no clue how we got to this point and no idea where to go from here or how in the world we will ever get there. And in these moments, to be still probably seems like the very last thing we would ever want to do. Because stillness doesn't let us escape. Stillness doesn't let us numb our pain with busyness or distractions or excess or noise. Stillness doesn't let us sweep things under the rug and move along. Stillness doesn't let us just keep going along and pretend like everything is okay. Now, stillness asks us to be where we are for a moment, to be quiet and to listen, even when we're scared of what we might hear. To be present to whatever it is that we are experiencing. To sit for a moment in that emotion or experience, even when that's the very last thing we want to do. And for many of us, to quiet our souls and to be still is a very scary and a very vulnerable thing. It is. It is. And yet, I can't help but wonder if fully trusting in God looks like being brave enough to be still, even and perhaps especially in those vulnerable moments when our way forward is simply not clear. There's a great story about some Westerners who hired a few Bushman guides to lead them in their travels through the Kalahari Desert in southern Africa. 
And not long into their trip, the guides realized that they were not used to moving at the fast pace that the Westerners were expecting them to go on the trip. And so suddenly, without any warning, the guides stopped and insisted that they could not go any further. The Westerners were confused and kept asking why they couldn't keep going, but no amount of persuasion could convince them otherwise. Finally, the Bushmen shared the reason for this pause. They said, we had been moving so fast that we had to stop for a while and wait for our souls to catch up. We'd been moving so fast that we had to wait for our souls to catch up. Perhaps like the Bushman guides, that's why we so need stillness this Advent season. So much has been happening and we've been moving so fast that our souls just need to catch up. Yet the reality is that most years I spend the Advent season much like the Western travelers pushing their way through the African desert. Sometimes I feel like I don't even let my soul come up for air until Christmas Eve. But on Christmas Eve night, something almost magical happens for me. Near the end of what has become my favorite worship service here at Calvary, we begin to pass candlelight from the Christ candle around the sanctuary, and a warm and peaceful glow fills this room. And it's in this moment that I think my soul finally stops. A stillness settles within me that is unlike anything I experience in any other space or any other time of year. And while it is this beautiful moment that I look forward to, I yearn for it even, I wonder what might happen if we practiced moments of Christmas Eve stillness all throughout the Advent season. What if instead of hustling and bustling our way through December, we stopped for a moment and made space for our souls to catch up? What would it really look like for you and for me to say to our souls, be still this Advent season? As Benedictine monk John Maine has said, it is in being wholly still that we become wholly open. Perhaps it is only when we are truly still that our souls are truly open to God. I wonder if that's why the Lord commanded the Israelites to be still in the wilderness. Because God knows that their souls need to catch up for a moment so that they won't miss out on what God is about to do next. Moments later, in verse 19, the angel of the Lord, who had been traveling in front of the Israelites, withdraws and moves behind them. Likewise, this pillar of cloud that had been in front of them goes instead behind them, positioning itself between Pharaoh's armies and the Israelite people. Verse 20 says, Throughout the night the cloud brought darkness to one side and light to the other 
So neither went near the other all night long. God's glowing presence blocks the threat of Pharaoh's army, protecting the Israelites and bringing light in the midst of their wilderness darkness. Their job is to keep still. And perhaps it is out of that stillness that they are ready when God calls them to take that next brave step forward. God parts the waters of the Red Sea so that the Israelites can walk through on dry ground. They cross through to the other side, and there is great celebration about something they never could have hoped for and never could have imagined on their own. And there is singing, and yes, there is even dancing. I said to my soul, be still and wait without hope. For hope would be hope for the wrong thing. Wait without love, for love would be love of the wrong thing. There is yet faith, but the faith and the hope and the love are all in the waiting. So the darkness shall be the light and the stillness the dancing. Friends, whatever wilderness you are experiencing this Advent season, remember these words that Moses spoke to the Israelites. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to keep still. And so in your waiting, may you find hope that you cannot have imagined otherwise. In your darkness, may there be glimmers of light even where you least expect it. And in your moments of stillness, may there be dancing this Advent season. God, we come to you today seeking our best to be still. And we admit that it's hard. There's so much going on. Our to-do lists are a mile long. There are so many things clamoring for our attention, even really good and important things. And yet we need to be still for a moment so that our souls might catch up. In the stillness, help us to find you in the most unexpected ways. And the stillness, help us to find hope this Advent season. Amen. Well, perhaps you are embarking on your own wilderness moment and waiting for God to break into your life in some way this Advent season. This is a time in our church year when we remember how God's light ultimately broke into the darkness of our world through Jesus. Our Emmanuel, God with us. And if you would like to talk with someone about what it means to follow Jesus, we would love to have that conversation with you today. Or maybe you want to be part of our faith community here at Calvary. 
where in times of darkness and in lights and in everything in between, we seek to follow Christ together in the best ways we know how. We would love to welcome you into our church family today. And so however God leads you to respond in these moments, our ministers will be in the back to receive you and to pray with you as we continue in worship. Please pray with me. Dear Lord, thank you for everybody that can make it here today. 
Please be with those who cannot be here. Keep them safe, and we pray that you would give them hope. We pray that you would be with those who are suffering today. May you comfort them every day. Please bless us as we try to bless others, and please help the offering, the offerings we give today to be helpful to others and to the work in your kingdom. Amen.
Calvary. I hope you already know these people, and if not, it is my joy to introduce you to Catherine Knoll and Caroline Williams. They are here to officially join us as part of the Calvary family, and both Catherine and Caroline are also coming forward to receive baptism, which we're talking about doing later this month, and are so excited about that. Catherine works at Baylor, and Noel works at Neighborly, formerly known as the Dwyer Group. I didn't know they'd changed their name. Um, Caroline is a seventh grader at Vanguard, um, loves cheerleading, and that's what she's passionate about. When I asked them as a family what they love, they all said Baylor sports. We are a Baylor family through and through. Um, I know that we are celebrating with them and so excited to officially welcome them to the Calvary family on this first Sunday of Advent. And so the Calvary family has some words that we would like to share with you all today. In response to your decision... I have asked Catherine's parents, Carol and Hatfidal, if they would walk out with us uh, during the benediction. And I know you'll want to take a moment to greet them and, and to celebrate with them as you leave today. And I'm going to let you all have a seat. There's handbells over there, but maybe you can just squeeze in right there and then we'll walk out together in a moment. I just wanted to say a huge word of thanks to our children for so beautifully leading us in worship today. When you sing and when you lead in worship, it's a bit different than a school concert or a community concert because you are helping all of us in this room experience God during a really special season of the year. So thank you all for being brave enough to do that. And we really appreciate it. We also so appreciate your teachers and leaders, especially Sherry DeHay and all of the leaders who make Wednesday night children's choir and fuse possible. So thank you all so much. I hope you'll take a moment to look at that announcement sheet in your worship folder because there is a lot going on in the life of Calvary over the next couple of weeks. I hope you'll take one of the devotions with you today. There are some back by the Christmas tree and there are more in the hallway and the Welcome Center. And I hope you'll follow along with us. This is a beautiful Advent gift for the Calvary family and I'm looking forward to reading with you. Um, this afternoon, we have our Advent Arts Festival. That is for all ages. We encourage you to come, make an Advent wreath, make crafts, help us with some of our special projects we have that we're working on with our deacons for our senior adults. Um, it's a really fun time together, and we hope that, that you'll be a part of it. Thursday night is our service of consolation, and this is especially for those of us who are grieving this Advent season. We want to create space for that and to acknowledge that, and we hope you'll join us Thursday. Saturday night is our Christmas coffee house with Baylor's Virtuoso. All proceeds go toward our 2019 mission trips, and then we hope you'll be back next Sunday for our service of music led by the Intergenerational Choir. Um, it'll be a great day. Before we rush out, I would like to invite us to take one last moment to be still. Quiet your mind, quiet your soul, and receive these words of blessing. 
Friends, may the God who calls you from this place journey with you as you go. May God delight in you with joy, bringing unimagined graces. Walk with you in darkness, shining lights along your way. May God be close to you in pain, giving strength for every moment. And comfort you in fear, granting courage to be brave. May God's love surround you. May Christ's mercy astound you. And may the Spirit abound in you, so that you live in the fullness of our Emmanuel, the God who is with us always. Amen.